Welcome to the Lion's Share Podcast for marketing leaders by marketing leaders. Brought to you by Fidelitas Development. All right, and welcome to episode eight of the Lion's Share Marketing Podcast. I am your co-host, Tyler Sickmeyer, along with Kyle Silverfox, more like bearded black bear, whoever. <laughs> Kyle, thank you for joining for another exciting episode. Oh, Tyler, it is great to be with you. It's spring now. It is. Yeah, so- it's warming up. And I'm so excited that I could wet my plants. Oh, breaking out the dad <laughs> jokes early. Hey, I just thought I'd throw you for a loop there. Don't steal my punchlines. <laughs> okay. Don't steal my moments, Kyle. Trying so. not to. <laughs> that said, guys, we have a great episode for you today. Sometimes we bring you famous people and sometimes we bring you infamous people. And today we have one of the latter. We actually have one of our cohorts, Adultus Development's own, Kenny Soto. He's our digital marketing director. And he's going to join us today and talk about where SEO is going and what marketing leaders can do about that and what some of the best practices are today. I'm excited about it. Before we get to our interview with Kenny, tell us what's in the news. News team, assemble! Well, Kyle, interesting article came across our desk this week. For anyone that is involved in media buying, one of the biggest gripes with TV advertising is that the targeting is not nearly as specific as digital. You'd never quite know who's in the living room, who's watching. I mean, you have some rough ideas based off the Nielsen ratings, but it's still kind of tough to quantify. And it's interesting. I was actually at a conference a couple of weeks ago and I heard, I believe it was Target CEO, talk about TV's great and that there's an undeniable lift when you run it, but it's frustrating mm-hmm. because you can never quantify it like you can digital. So it's still kind of a necessary evil, at least from those that prioritize data in the marketing world. So this is a little bit of welcome news today. Analysts have announced that a coalition has been formed by Viacom, Turner, and Fox to standardize advertising sales by audience groups. So basically now, just as you would buy audience segments on Facebook, you'll be able to buy audience segments on the networks owned by those three media conglomerates. That's huge news. That's really huge news. And specifically, I'm pretty excited about it because hopefully that means that at some point, TV will stop trying to sell me pillows, gold, and reverse mortgages. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy with this news. You can only buy a reverse, reverse mortgage once. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no repeat customers in that business. <laughs> so that said, uh, the, the coalition is called OpenAP. They're going to standardize the definition of audiences. And so what'll be cool is like, so for example, if you want to hit adult males 35 to 54, you'll be able to target that across all the networks and broadcast groups that are a part of this open AP coalition, regardless of who actually owns them. So it'll be a little bit of efficiency on the agency side as well when it comes to placing the buys. Yeah, targeting is key. I'm excited about it. So lots of good to come. Uh, Hopefully more media groups will jump in with it. You know, it kind of reminds me of when Hulu first came out. And I think at the time, only two or three media groups really got behind it. And now all of a sudden, even CBS joined the party eight eight years late. Slow clap for CBS, but they're better late than never there. But anyways, uh, hopefully a lot of these other media groups will follow suit and join up with the uh, open AP or at least offer something else competitive just to simplify that buying process. Because at the end of the day, what marketing leaders and agencies are both under pressure for is to deliver quantifiable results. And it's a lot easier to do that when you know who you're showing your ads to. So exciting piece of news out of the national TV buying landscape today. Exactly. Well, hey, let's get on to our interview with Kenny Soto. So 
So Kyle, as you know, from time to time, we like to have one of our own subject matter experts come on the show and share some insights that are influencing the strategy of Fidelitas' own clients, as well as different pieces of information that are very valuable to our listeners. And so today we're very excited to have Kenny Soto on. Kenny has worked with a number of large brands as well as small businesses alike, has a strong background in both SEO and PPC. We've been very fortunate to have him on as our digital marketing director, and he's actually celebrating his one-year anniversary. Happy anniversary, Kenny. Oh, thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Kenny, what are your thoughts on the OpenAP news development? Oh, I'm actually really excited about it. I watch a lot of Lifetime TV and (laughs) Golden Girls and that kind of stuff. To be able to get commercials targeted at me instead of 80-year-old women will be a a nice bonus. (laughs) How many diapers have you accidentally ordered? (laughs) I knew it was going to go there. I just knew it was going to go there. Sometimes it just depends. Okay. Uh There's a dad joke. (laughs) (laughs) That one was for free. It might cost us listeners, though. (laughs) That's the truth. So, Kenny, as we dive in, uh, tell us a little bit more about your role with Fidelitas and what you see as priorities for our own clients moving forward as we plunge ahead into Q2. So I work with a lot of Fidelitas clients, all of Fidelitas' clients, on their SEO and PPC strategies. And really, it's about how we can best identify who their targets are and who's actually going to be spending money with them and then use the right strategies to attract those customers, both in Google search and in different paid media, including Facebook, Instagram, uh, programmatic advertising, and all that kind of good stuff. Great, Kenny. So if someone has a decent-sized marketing budget, but not huge, and they still have to kind of pick and choose with where they put their resources, they're starting out, especially like, say, you're a retailer, for example, would you put more of a priority on SEO or PPC to start out with and why? I admit that this is a little bit of a boring answer and it's not as sexy as most people are looking for when we talk about uh, you know, having an impact early on with your marketing strategy. But the truth is, at this point, the most important thing that you can do is what I would call following the rules. Google and Facebook have pretty well set out what they want to see from websites and different advertisers, and you have to make every effort you can to play their game. A lot of the time, you'll set up a website and start sending ads to it and expect that it'll just kind of roll and you know work on its own. But there is a lot of backend setup that has to be in place before you do that. So there are certain rules that Google and Facebook have really set out to indicate to both web developers and hosts, as well as advertisers, as to what exactly they need to be doing. If their content is going to be you know easily shareable or easy to find on Google, and uh, you know how much eventually they're going to be paying to do that. So Kenny, obviously we've got to follow the rules, but besides that, what can marketing leaders expect from their SEO teams? What kind of priorities should they have in place and where should they really be focusing their efforts? Okay, right now the priority should be on A, the stuff that you can control on your website. There's a lot to SEO that you just can't control. Some of it is a PR game. Some of it is finding the right affiliates and that kind of thing. But the stuff that you can directly control your on-site content, the way that you're tagging and organizing that content, that has a huge a huge impact on SEO right off the bat. The other thing is the way that your site interacts with Google. Google asks you to organize your pages. They ask you for listings. They ask you for a copy of your sitemap. All of these different things that I feel like a lot of businesses and brands online aren't totally taking advantage of when the means to do it is right in front of you. And in fact, Google is asking for that stuff from everyone that's going to be listed as one of their uh, top search results. 
Okay, got it. Very good. And how would you say pay-per-click plays into that? Obviously, we're talking about a separation of church and state there, but for folks that, you know, a lot of times they've started out, they've got AdWords running, maybe it's not as optimized as it can be. What are some of the things that you see are low-hanging fruit usually to come in and fix for clients? Uh, AdWords is a good one for us to be talking about. There was an announcement recently that about instead of having 10 results on the front page of Google, organic results, I mean, which means not paid, not ads, it's moving down to eight. And now as things like Google Home and Amazon's Alexa and those kind of devices become more and more popular, there's going to be fewer and fewer organic results. And it's really going to be the paid results that are getting the most impact. The first thing that you can do to help your paid results is to set up the landing pages to match your ads and then set up keywords to match those ads and have a solid flow from whatever the user searches to their final conversion on on their page. That means having ad groups that are very targeted where it's only a couple keywords, those keywords only trigger a couple ads and those couple ads go to a singular landing page where it's a consistent message throughout leading to either a purchase or an email conversion or, you know, whatever your, your brand is going after. Okay, great, Kenny. And for marketing leaders wondering, how do you go about identifying the right KPIs to track for a given campaign? And obviously that's a very broad statement. So I'll back that up for a second and we'll just focus on, say, a consumer packaged goods brand. If I'm selling Keyboard Elves cookies, what are my KPIs? So if you're selling online, then obviously you're looking at things like sales and conversion rates and that kind of thing. If you're more of a supermarket brand, like a Keebler Elf, I would definitely be looking for email addresses and Facebook likes and Facebook shares and the kind of things that are showing you, you know, maybe you can't tell exactly who's made a purchase and who hasn't, but you can really get an idea of whether the content and the stuff that you're putting out there is resonating with people. And people will tell you, a lot of the time we're looking for sort of this golden bullet of how to figure out what our best content is. And when it comes down to it, the best content is the content that is getting a response and getting shared. We often, when we're creating Facebook ads or Google ads, we'll repurpose something that got a great response organically. You know, your users are very willing to share what's working, whether, you know, whether they know it or not sometimes, but we're able to get tons of information from them and then repurpose that onto uh, new content and hitting the right KPIs. So Kenny, with things like Google Home and Alexa, where people are asking questions, what is your advice on how to optimize so that you are the top result? So this is something that people in the SEO community have been talking about a lot. Obviously, it takes us from a place where for many, many years, outside of the paid results on the first page of Google, you were still getting eight to 10 results. So you didn't have to be number one. If you were number three and you had a great meta description with a good call to action, you could still be successful. Moving forward with those Alexa and Google Home and those kind of tools, really when somebody does a search through that type of tool, they're only getting one result. They're not looking at a page of 10 possibilities. They're getting one answer from Alexa or from Google Home, and that's about it. So the way that we really want to optimize our content for that is to, it's funny, my Alexa just lit up because it heard her name. Uh, the way that you really want to optimize that content is to think about who is asking the question, what kind of language they're going to use to ask that question, and then optimizing your content to directly answer their question. Whereas before, it depends a lot on your, on your target audience as well, because it's not just 
what's the question and what's the answer? It's what's the question and is the 55-year-old man that we're targeting going to ask that question differently than the 16-year-old girl that we're targeting? So really, it takes SEO to a whole different level where you're not targeting for keywords anymore. You're targeting for this kind of greater idea. And you know, it's funny to say, where's the closest Italian restaurant as a greater idea? But there are so many ways to ask that question and so many different people who are performing that search that you really have to think about when I put up a blog or when I put up a piece of content, how exactly is that content going to be uh, interacted with in a voice search situation? Well, now, and because of that, man, talk about the difference between where you could have been on the front page, you know, five years ago, what that means with being in the top three right now. And then in the future, what that means for a business that can be in that top one spot, if that spot is only the one being in a result back to the person who's asking the question, that could mean a ton of money, a ton of revenue for your business. You know, one thing that, that we always talk about is the difference between being the first result on the second page and the last result on the first page and how once you're on to the second page of Google, you might as well be out in the middle of nowhere. I think there's a joke that the best place to hide a body is on the second page of Google <laughs> because no one will ever see it. And uh, now we're looking at a situation where if you are not that top answer, in a few years, you're going to be obsolete. I just saw an example about someone asking their Google Home looking for black sneakers. So they said, Google Home, show me black sneakers. And on their Google TV, it shows them five results for black sneakers. And that's about it. You know, that's all they're seeing. And then they say, okay, I like option number two in a size 12. And, you know, it's getting shipped to them in two days. You know, so we go from a situation where if you Google black sneakers, you know, you're going to get a million results. What it is, is you're going to see Nike site, you're going to see independent sites, you're going to see Reebok sites. And then moving forward, it's going to be who are the top five that are playing Google's game the best and everyone else is going to be kind of brushed aside forever. Right. I hope it's Adidas Sambas. (laughs) Wow. No, that's great. But uh, I really think it puts more of an impetus on marketing leaders to find a budget for PPC. If they're not investing in it now, maybe they're just enjoying a strong SEO campaign and the fruits of those labors. That's great. But you're going to have to find money to pay to play because Google's very quickly going the way of Facebook, even if you are great from a content standpoint. And I don't think SEO is dead. I think it still matters because just like there are some people that will ignore the full page ads in the yellow book to go find an individual listing. I think there are people that will be trained to ignore the ads in a Google search. But I still think that we have to be prepared to play there with all of our clients and all brands and marketing leaders should be prepared to make an investment into Google AdWords at some level. Yeah, Google's playing a little bit of a dangerous game now where they're trying to see how much they can eliminate organic search results and go with the ads instead. Like I said, until recently, uh, you would probably get 10 organic results and then a couple ads. Now we're seeing a situation where on your mobile phone, the first half of the results that you see are paid ads. And then there's a couple organic search results at the bottom. And it starts to beg the question of where Google's credibility as a listing and as a search engine really lies. I think that most of us go to Google looking for organic results. And once in a while, we click on an ad. 
And Google's trying to push it to this point where they can see how many of our results can we make paid ads before people decide that they're going somewhere else because they don't trust us anymore. How long until Google goes from being the best search engine for organic results to being just another advertiser? And I think that we're getting very close to blurring that line, especially when it comes to the voice results, because very often we might not know what results we're hearing as organic listings that are just there because they're the best results for us and how many of them are there because an advertiser paid to put them there. Yeah, that's spot on, Kenny. And it's an interesting question. Then the other challenge to that, and this is something that I'm kind of eyeballing into the future is, is it going to be necessary to have two top five listings? It's like if Google sticks to this and they're only showing one organic listing on the first page, will users get trained to just skip the first page and go immediately to the second page and treat the second page like the first page, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question. I think that a lot of it has to do with the way that Google kind of trains us to accept what's going on. Until very recently, myself personally, I would never have clicked on Google Ads. But now, as they become a bigger part of the search, even knowing that they're not the organic result that someone's paid to have it there, I find myself clicking on ads a lot more than I ever had before. And I think that Google has just conditioned us to know that the ads are optimized for you. What you're looking for is right here. And in many ways, it's the best answer to, to the search that you've asked for. Yeah, that's spot on. So now, Kenny, shifting gears a little bit to Amazon optimization, how would you say that Amazon optimization for our marketing leaders that sell on that marketplace, how does that differ than traditional SEO? Amazon and Google and all of the search engines are starting to fall into that same, either you play by our rules or you don't play at all. You know, Amazon has really laid out what it takes to become a top result on Amazon. And either you follow those rules or you're never going to make it to their, to their front page. Number one, unfortunately, I think is that you have to be a prime result, which means that you're really taking advantage of their shipping and their warehousing. But it also means that you're giving them a much larger percentage of your sales. You know, for most businesses, that might be uncomfortable early on, but I think it's something where pretty soon we're all going to be so used to two-day shipping that if you're not uh, playing by Amazon rules and using Prime, then uh, you could be on any page of any search result and nobody's going to be buying your product. Yeah, and that's a great point. And at the same time, it goes back to from a resource standpoint, how much do you want to invest in driving traffic to someone else's platform? And that'll be another podcast I think that we dive into more in depth. We'll try and get a great guest on from the Amazon space to talk more about hacks for Amazon and making the most of that platform. But no, a spot on. So Kenny, we want to be respectful of our listeners' time today. But before we wrap it up, I have one last key question for you, which is for marketing leaders that are outsourcing their SEO and their PPC, what are the telltale signs that their provider is not up to the task? What's the best way to be able to tell that? So I would ask them to discuss their reports and the kind of stuff that they're looking at in terms of KPIs, both in the short term and the long term. There are a lot of SEO and PPC people out there who you know, will guarantee you quick results. They'll guarantee you a top spot in Google very quickly, but they won't say too much about your long-term results and, and things like sales. What's important to me as an SEO and SEM person, I don't care if you get to the top of Google in the first month, but I want to set you up in a situation where you're seeing consistent success and also that you're, that you're really able to generate sales and make conversions. You know, you can be number one on Google for a keyword 
all day and never sell anything. And, you know, what does that mean? So instead of, uh, you know, when vetting different programs and different agencies, ask them what KPIs they use and ask them what their reports look like. And I think that'll give you a much better idea of how their entire structure works and how legitimate their processes are. That's great advice. Yeah, for sure. I hope our listeners heed that uh, with their own folks, whether it's an in-house team or external. It's always great to know what people are working on and why. And again, that's one thing I think that we try to emphasize heavily at Fidelitas is the strategic aspect of it, you know, and just being able to answer the question of why and what now. And I think if you can answer those questions, you're on the right track. So Kenny, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on. It was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And Kenny, before we let you go, I've got a question for you. Sure. <laughs> he knows it's I coming. Love, I love the excitement. <laughs> I love the excitement or lack thereof. So, Kenny, why did the SEO expert cross the road? Why? To get hit with traffic. All right. That's fine. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, that's fine. I love it. All right. And thanks for that, Kenny. Anytime we can get your approval on a dad joke, that uh, makes us feel like it's been a job worthwhile. Although I, I will say we were uh, well over our uh, quota on dad jokes today. So hopefully everyone listened through to catch all the knowledge bombs that Kenny dropped in regards to SEO and PPC and where everything is headed. So great stuff. Thanks again, Kenny. And uh, Kyle, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. And we just like to thank Kenny Soto once more. And also thank you listeners for joining us for episode eight. If you would like to leave us a five-star review, we would love that over on iTunes. And also if you would like to access show notes, you can find those at lionssharepodcast.com slash eight. That's lionsharepodcast.com slash eight. And uh, we look forward to next time. Cheers. You've been listening to the Lion Share Podcast, brought to you by Fidelitas Development, your marketing partner for better brand loyalty. 